0: G'day, I'm Barry Green. Thanks for joining me on Conversations on Radio WA, 87.6 FM in East Perth, and Western Tourist Radio in the southwest coastal towns in Western Australia. My next guest was the WA Minister for Planning and Infrastructure from 2001 to 2008, who, among other things, drove the construction of the Mandurah Railway. She became the Mayor of the City of Vincent in 2011. And between 2013 and 16, she was a Member for Perth in the Federal Parliament and returned to the WA State Government as a Legislative Council Member for East Metropolitan in 2017. She was appointed the Minister for Regional Development, Agriculture and Food. I'm talking about Alanna McTiernan. G'day Alanna, you've been busy.
1: Hi Barry, how are you? And um, really good to see um, you out there promoting... Uh, tourism, which, of course, is uh, going to be just, just so important as we try to reboot our uh, post-COVID economy.
0: Absolutely. And uh, I guess I should point in in another life, I've been involved in organic or, or regenerative agriculture for 30 years, and we have a farm and a farm state at Donnybrook. So I've been greatly heartened to see that you've embraced Charles Massey's book, Call of the Reed Warbler, a new agriculture, a new earth about regenerative agriculture. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, look, uh, totally. I mean, I tell the story, Barry, that I was captured by this group. I was inveigled down to the Purongar and told it was going to be a long table dinner. And I imagined, you know, this beautiful luxury stuff. And I get there uh, and it's freezing cold and it's uh, not even a tin shed, it's just out in the open with a fire pit. Um, and um, Anyhow, I, I was uh, fed lots of uh, handmade wines and uh, told the full story of uh, regenerative agriculture as I sort of left to defrost in Albany. I was A copy of Charles Massey's book was shoved in my hand and I read it that night. And it is hard not to be inspired by this notion that uh, we have... Uh, We have lost our understanding of uh, systems, uh, of the self-correcting nature of of farming systems and of the need to really get into, not into a a um, non-scientific understanding, but indeed a more profoundly deep. Uh, scientific understanding of how soil and and plant nutrition and the role of animals uh, in a uh, a biologically dynamic system uh, works. So uh, a fascinating eye-opener. And can I say, Barry, I've just recently read another book which is just as good, but, you know, in some respects, a simpler description of what it's uh, about, and that's from a book called um, From Dirt to Soil by uh, an American farmer called uh, Gabe Brown. And it's just a basic, very, you know, this is a self-taught man who, you know, got onto a farm and, uh, and really rebuilt that um, rebuilt that farm and uh, turned basically the dirt into soil.
0: It's a fantastic story, isn't it? And Charles Massey talks about having five ecosystem functions and he talks about the solar, the water cycle, the nutrient cycle, dynamic ecosystem communities and he talks about the fifth system as being the human social and that's where I see tourism fitting in. There's all very well growing all this great food but unless we connect with the... the the eaters and I hate using the word consumers I think if we connect with the word eaters and that's very much where I see agritourism and we've got harvesthighway.com.au which connects farmers and eaters along the southwestern highway and byways Um, and so so how do you you take that in terms of the place for tourism in in this uh, remaking the link thing
1: Oh look, I think that is important, and uh, this guy Gabe Brown does talk very much about the way in which farmers that are engaging in this agriculture um, can uh, develop their own customer customer based or eater base, um, and people are genuinely interested in the story of how you make um, uh, farming. Uh, so sustainable, how you can reduce your uh, reliance on on chemicals, on you know inorganic chem- chemicals. How you can reduce your reliance on uh, on herbicides and uh, and pesticides, uh, and people find that very engaging and heartwarming, uh, and so. You absolutely can see this as part of a a tourism product. The rise of food evangelism uh, across the Western world, but not just the Western world, where people are much more interested in what they are eating, um, provides this incredible opportunity, not only for regenerative uh, farmers, but also in terms of selling their product, but also creating a tourism opportunity where people can come uh, to the farms, taste the uh, alternative, uh, taste this produce, buy direct from farmer. People like that experience. Now, it's not going to replace supermarkets, but it makes this a, a richer, more layered um, experience and a more layered market, which certainly helps... Um, Uh, farmers get a higher price and creates, I think, a deeper engagement uh, about food with our community.
0: I'm sure you're right, and... uh... You know, it seems to me there's two sort of competing ideologies between economies of scale and stability through diversity. And certainly the economies of scale brought the, the price down. But it is leading to a, a bit of an unstable situation as we get fewer and fewer uh, players in any particular market. And I think what covid 19s done is, uh, is raised awareness of the important of, uh, importance of food and uh, the logistics of supply chains and all that sort of thing. And uh, so, in terms of going forward, how, how does your government see the COVID nineteen having changed the um, the food dynamic? Do you have any comment on that?
1: Well, it certainly has showed um, some of our um, vulnerabilities in terms of uh, of supply chain. Uh, in terms of. You know the major producers. We probably have a little bit more diversity. Sorry, major retailers. We've got a little bit more uh, diversity than in the eastern states, and we do see increasingly some of even those big distributors being actually interested in having different um, different product being wanting to promote uh, local produce, although. More work to be done in that um, in that regard, but I think one of the things people have had uh, with COVID nineteen people have had time to slow down uh, a, a little bit in their lives and uh, reassess a lot of things, and I think uh, really reconnect with a community with community and um, that sense of being part of community, and so I think in a, in an indirect way, you know is. Uh, uh, Regenerative farming and the sorts of stories that uh, can be told by regenerative farming about, uh, you know, having this um, more diverse, less—shall uh, we say—slightly, uh, somewhat less industrial agriculture—will um, uh, um, uh, will appeal. But you know, we're we've we've got a way to go. We've got a way to go. There is still um, justice in. Has always been the case when, for example, no-till was being introduced. That was that was roundly resisted for a, a decade, but now um, widely um, embraced by uh, WA uh, WA farmers. So we've got a um, these ideas um, are ones that we see are are growing within the farming community, but though um, in some areas they are are not uh, particularly welcome, but I guess let's work with those farmers that want to do this, that want to have that different story to tell um, about the product that they're producing. And, and I guess a lot of them say a different story that they can tell through their children. and I think that was interesting when you look at uh, Charles Massey um, and also this dirt soil. One of the significant um, factors for farmers is wanting their kids to really uh, feel comfortable embracing um, this industry, and so being able to really focus on its long-term sustainability was very, very important to them. And they saw that as something that encouraged their children into uh, to stay with uh, stay with farming. So these are long and complex journeys. But I think it's it's very exciting. We've got to have, you know, we've got a lot of farmers out there that are wanting to try this and wanting to engage with the public. Great interest in the public, I think, in these, uh, these notions. And we want to work with those both in farming and tourism that want to deliver, uh, want to say, this is something that people are interested in. This will encourage people to travel into our, into our regions and we're keen to work with them on that.
0: Well, it's fantastic. And uh, I'm also involved with Donnybrook Community Radio, Donnybrook Bailing Up Community Radio, and I kind of like to think that community radio stations and, and our tourist radio is a form of regenerative radio. We, we're putting voices back into giving a voice for community and small business and I'd uh, welcome the opportunity to have an ongoing conversation with you on this, Minister. Um, and uh, you've had a recent announcement in relation to uh, funding for regional events, uh, do you, which obviously forms part of this sort of agri-tourism thing. Uh, would you like to speak about that?
1: Yeah, look, I would, Barry. And can I just say, like, we've seen, you know, all of the, the major... Um, A media players, both Fairfax and uh, and uh, News Corp, uh, over the last couple of months, really just go and destroy so many mastheads in uh, community press. Uh, so I think you're right. Um, radio and radio, uh, like yours, regional radio, um, has got to be part of um, of filling that gap of having uh, local voices and local stories. So. In relation to um, our regional events um, scheme, so these are small schemes that the small uh, events that we're sporting. There's another bucket of money for the, you know, the really big events like the Margaret River Experience. So what we've got, we've got festivals that we've just given um, funding to now, like Down Your Way, the, the Donnybrook Apple Festival, We've uh, given them their funding for uh, for next year, so um, uh, they can um, they can plan going forward. The 2020 Regenerative Living Festival that's going to be held in um, Pemberton. On November the fourteenth to fifteenth, uh, and this is really about looking at um, regenerative agriculture, sustainable living. It's going to feature markets, live music, workshops, and seminars. So I think that'll be that'll be something that you will love, Barry. I hope to see you there.
0: Absolutely.
1: And you know, golden oldies like the Manjimup Cherry Harmony Festival, uh, the Taste of uh, Chittering, the uh, fabulous um, Grapes and Gallops Festival in Mount Barker. So, right throughout the southwest, there is a pile of these festivals that will be held over the uh, over the over the coming year. We're also in places where people have cancelled their. Had to cancel their events, you know, that were going to take place between um, March and uh, and August. We've given them the option of rolling that funding over to run the festivals if it's appropriate in some cases in the second half of the year. And we know a number of people are looking at um, doing that. I'm hoping that the Taste of the going which is all, always a brilliant event, are going to be um, trying to get something up and running this year because we really want to get people back down into the regions as quickly as possible, and event tourism is really an important part of that.
0: It is, absolutely, and the smaller events as well as the bigger events. Some of the smaller towns, um, lots of small events actually do more, but certainly the big events brings people in, and if they discover they like a place and come back some other time, well, that's all good too, isn't it? And Barry, one of my favourites that I really pumped and
1: made sure we funded is the Yelgu Emu Festival. I think what would what would life in Western Australia be without the Yelgu? Uh, emu festival so that's that's one that we've uh that we're we're funding again this
0: year i really can't imagine what life in western australia would be like without the Algu emu festival so on that note um i I guess uh, there's one quote i I collect quotes one i like is a J.R.R. tolkien quote that says if we valued food cheer and song above hoarded gold it would be a merrier world and i think that pretty much embraces all this sort of stuff that we're talking about here Ilana.
1: I certainly do think that is true there. And if I can quote back a, another saying to you, Philip the Fat from France back in The Capetian King, he said, the earth is too high, the sky is too low, only the table is the right height.
0: <laughs> Life's all about food. And on that note, Alana, we might call it quits.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Okay, Mary. well, wonderful to talk with you.
0: Thanks so much, Alana McTiernan, and uh, I look forward to ongoing conversations with you on Radio WA. Excellent. Thanks a lot. I've been talking to the WA Minister for Regional Development, Agriculture and Food, Alana McTiernan, on conversations on Radio WA as we tell the stories of the people and places in Western Australia. To hear this and conversations with other West Australian movers and shakers, visit touristradio.com.au slash conversations.